Are you ready for another season of Guys at the Bar Talking Sports? Go Dogs! Seven! Go fight, win, kick ass, go Gamecocks! Woo Big Suey, go Hogs! Go Big Blue! Let's go Oregon, go Cox! Go Blue! Giant Killers, the Appalachian State Mountaineers. Just where are you going? Where are you going? You're not going to the bar again, are you? You like hanging out, drinking beer at the bar, talking sports? Come on out and join us weekly. Guys at the Bar Talking Sports, your podcast for just that. Hanging out, drinking some beer, talking sports. Are you really doing season four of that stupid podcast? Welcome to Guys at the Bar Talking Sports, the show where a bunch of people get together randomly on Wednesdays, Tuesdays, or whatever to do a show so that y'all can be entertained by us while we talk about sports. Hopefully it's entertaining. We keep having people coming back listening to the show. So, and our, and our audience continues to grow by leaps and bounds every single week. So that being said, we must be doing something right, so we appreciate y'all coming out to listen to us rant and rave and pretend like we know what we're doing. Because we don't, but we try. And that's good enough, right? Especially when we get a few beers in us. That makes it even better. So, um, anyway, this is Guys from Argus, Bar Target Sports. We are recording at a bar live. That's why I hear some background noise. If it's your first time listening, thank you. Subscribe to the show. And then um, share it with your friends and all that good stuff. We have a Facebook group as well. Everyone knows about that. Except for the person that's listening that's a first-time listener, right? So subscribe to the Facebook group, join it, whatever. Let us know your favorite team, and then we'll move on. Hey, are you trying to direct traffic around here, my man? Because we don't do that. I do what I, as we just discussed, I do what I want to on this show, right? Okay, well, if you want to buy us a beer. Oh, is that what you're asking? Okay, <laughs> let's go around the table and do some introductions, because I'm done talking. Ready? We got my man, the Chief, here. Back again, second time in a row. What are you drinking, Chief? I am drinking two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. Nice. Now, what is this? What is going on with you and not drinking? It's just you can't drink and then work the next day? It's just challenging for you? No, I just... I'm going to give you hell about this every single time, because you used to drink. Have you, have you seen how... Two years ago, when he was on the show, he would drink a... He would drink a ginger beer every single night. So, have you seen how much weight I've lost? You do look really sexy. Right I now. only drink on the weekends. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, maybe I should try doing that. Nah, I won't do that. We got my man, the Rooster. How's everybody doing? You're looking very serious today, Rooster. It's, it, it, we're in the podcast, you know, and I've had one more day to think about it, so now all my serious uh, face is coming Holy out. crap. Okay, so I gave you an extra day. Extra day, yeah. And all of a sudden, you're like, yeah. you, all, all that pent-up anger. And brain is just full of sports information right now. Wow. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm bringing I will not do that to you again, then, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I will try not to do it on a Wednesday. We're sticking with Tuesdays. What are you drinking, Rooster? I'm drinking my usual, just a little bit of bourbon and a little bit of ginger ale. A lot of bourbon and a little bit of ginger ale? Well, yeah. If you change up the days, so that's not the case tonight. The it's perfect su- mix. It's, the mer- the perfect it's subjective. Mix. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, thank, thank goodness for free poor laws coming to South Carolina uh, uh, circa 19, uh, 2005. Yep. Yes. Who's your daddy? Is back. Who's your daddy? Is back. Now, the, you were out wearing your shirt, so I was about to forget your name. You know what I mean? But um, I was about to call you Bass Pro Shops. Because that's the uh, shirt I'm you have on fishing today. tomorrow. I'm fishing trip with my brother up to Kentucky. So. Okay, gotcha. So what are you drinking, Hoosier Daddy? I got a half a glass of Miller Lite, and that's it. I'm doing ice water. Okay. And we have Cheeks. Hello, hello. That hello. is a pretty drink, Cheeks. Thank you very much. I'm drinking um, a type of mimosa called a cotton candy mimosa. You used to drink those last year, too. I did. And I have a pale ale of Sierra Nevada. Pale ale. And this is your man, Hanger, chilling. All right, so new season. We don't want to get into too many of the games that are coming up. The only game that's going to be really worth a crap to watch this weekend, maybe Notre Dame versus uh, Navy. Versus Navy. Navy. Obviously, I, I think military guys like my man here. Oh, you know, you might be watching that game, right? No, but, no, you're not. All right. Well, just, wait a minute. Just what keep time in mind, is it on? I was going to say, what keep time in mind that start? game is in Ireland, so they're going to be five hours ahead. Yeah, that's probably like a yeah. 10 o'clock game, I believe, I believe right? it is a 10 o'clock game. 10 a.m.? I so. Oh, that might be good. Yeah, because last year the Nebraska game was on. I, I can't remember who they played, but they played in, in Ireland same weekend opening. It was the first game of the season, and it was at 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning. So the um, Fighting Irish are in Ireland. Hmm. How what, ironic, right? What's, what's that fan? What, what's those fans going to look like? Yeah, so on the Facebook group, I did. Oh yeah, is that two thirty? Producer just called in. It's a two thirty game, so it must be a night game over there in Ireland. Yeah. Thank you guys in the back. We appreciate your help for that. Yeah. So, um, two thirty game. Yeah. What is that midnight in Ireland? That's crazy. No, no, seven thirty. It's, it's only five hour difference. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, um, I think what I did is on the Facebook group, I put in everyone with your scores and all that crap, like I've been doing every for the last three seasons. If if you guess the score, you get a beer. So. Go ahead and jump on that if you are listening. What I wanted to talk about, though, because I don't think that that's going to be that interesting of a game. The Irish, according to my man Rooster here, are going to go all the way, so they're probably going to blow out Navy. I yeah. Assume. Yeah, yeah. Navy Brand hasn't coach, uh, Navy, yeah, hasn't been very relevant over the last couple of years. As a matter of fact, uh, thank goodness uh, they've lost the uh, Army Navy game. Go Army! So uh, the last uh, three years, I believe, after a pretty hot streak. So don't see the the, uh, the Naval Academy bringing any heat to the Irish this year. Uh, it's all a matter matter of uh, management of travel. So that can play a factor. But I think uh, the coaching staff at, at uh, the Fighting Irish will be able to prevail. And if I were going to make a bold prediction, I'm going to call it 35 to 10. 35 to 10. Oh, I'll let you do a prediction. Yeah. I wasn't even expecting predictions on that today because it's not on the, game, the list. The game I, is, is the Saturday. I get 30, 31 to 3, so I'm right behind 30, you. 33 to 7. I, I mean, wow. It's going to be in that ballpark. Yeah. Navy wins, baby. I'm just kidding. That's not happening. <laughs> I was going to say, we, we, we were doing, uh, you know, wagers of a beer at the following show, uh, so just oh, keep, yeah. keep that in mind. Yeah. All right, no more edibles before the show. That's right. Okay, so no more edibles and no more drinking way too much before the show. All right, new coaches this season. We always do a show on this every season. 
So I'm going to do new coaches, and I'm also going to do second-year coaches because that's just as relevant as a first-year coach just because did they meet expectations and so on. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well. But let's go into this really fast. Matt Rule over at Nebraska. He came from the Carolina Panthers, got fired last season. Um, coached at Baylor, coached at Temple, did a great job at those programs before before going to the NFL. Gets fired, now he's at Nebraska. This is a program that has not been relevant since... 1999. Yeah, basically. Actually, that's their last time they won, they won in the uh, Big 12. Yeah, and considering that... Considering that, like maybe a couple of years after that, they were still slightly relevant, but they haven't had a winning season, I don't think, in at least six years. So they're not going to be relevant this year either. No. You don't think so? No. They're, okay. They've had two decades of not overall not winning. Their fan base is not looking for a uh, Big Ten championship. Their fan base is looking to go to a bowl game. That would be a win for that would be a win in for your mind. Well, let's, okay. let's be clear here. That's a win for any first-year coach. When Beamer came on board, we said the same thing about yep. Sofka. And actually, we weren't expecting his first year. He did surprise us with a bowl game that year. Yeah. First-year coaching, it is very difficult. Coming where Matt Rule came from to where he is going to be going at Nebraska, with the talent level that's at Nebraska, it's in, it's in the trash. But not so fast. I say Matt Rule coaching rules the day. And he's going to come on strong. We saw what he did in his previous jobs down at the UCF. Baylor and Temple. Baylor and Temple. He's going to be able to come in and make an impact. They haven't had good coaching there in, what are we talking about, 16 years, 20 years? So I think he's going to come in, I predict, better than just 6-6 uh, six and six at bowl eligible. But I'm going to say they're going to go 8-5 in a weekend Big 12. Wow. And... And to your point, he, they're in the West. That's a weekend Big West. Yeah. I'm sorry, Big Ten West. Still, yeah. I mean, what's the competition? Iowa? Yeah. Who I, didn't, didn't score Wisconsin. three. Wisconsin? Wisconsin, who's actually looking weak this year, in my opinion. In my opinion as well. So That's with a good segue. And, and that gets into the next coach. But I did want to make a clear point on that, is that Matt Rule did have a really good showing in the transfer portal. He was a top ten transfer portal coach. So that being said, he was able to get the talent that he needs. I think that they could be an upset maker in the West, but I say that every year about Nebraska. Yeah. And every year I've been proven wrong. Yeah. Well, this year you got some support, Hanger. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And uh, I, I don't think, I think they're going to struggle to go six and six. Let's focus in back into Wisconsin because we brought them up. And we have Luke Pickle coming over there from Cincinnati. Coach of the year in 2021 at Cincinnati. Yep. Was interim head coach at OSU coming off of Jim Trestle's disaster. He didn't have a great season. He went six and seven at, yeah. at OSU. Should have wore a vest. Now, Wisconsin was seven and six last season. That was a bad season for them. It was a six and six season with a win a win in a bowl game. Yep. I can't remember who they played. It was um I can't remember who it was, but it was a pre Christmas bowl though. He coached that bowl game. Pickled in. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, no, I'm saying Wisconsin, the coach that, that they got fired did not. Wisconsin was 6-6 six and six with a bowl game win that made him 7-6 for the season. Um, Luke Bickle was 9-4 and four last season, but did go undefeated and was the first time a group of five, a group of five team got yeah. into the playoffs. So that being said, 
can he turn Wisconsin around? I don't think there's turning around going on because Wisconsin's been relevant for the I, last several years. I think they'll be a little more relevant. I, th- I think they're going to pick up a win or two. Not um, so fast. His recruiting, his recruiting is strong. So here, here's my issue with Luke Fickle. Some reports coming out of Wisconsin camp that they're going to be a more Cincinnati-like um, uh, pass-heavy team. Okay. This is Wisconsin, outdoor stadium. It's going to be cold. You can't have a pass-heavy team with the recruiting that they have. The reason that Wisconsin has been relevant for the last 20 years, they've turned out three or four NFL running backs, uh, and they've had an NCAA running back title uh, in the last 20 years. You can't go into Wisconsin in an outdoor stadium, expect to be a pass-heavy team, and expect to win games in the Big Ten. It just doesn't happen. And so, that's where Cincinnati was last season. What, season what, 100%. So For sure. I think that he's going to go in. I think he's going to have to spend another year recruiting players. I see another 7-5 and five type of season coming from the football this year. Wow. Okay. And they're ranked... I mean, I think they're ranked number 20 in the top they 25 right year. now. They are they got to throw in so many bells from the Big 12 besides Michigan, Penn State, and OSU to make the Big uh, the Big 10 relevant. But okay. for the last two years, Wisconsin has ended up outside of the top 25. Gotcha. Okay. What do you got to say about that, Cheeks? Have you got, have you, did you look this up a little bit before? No? I think that they will improve a little bit. I don't think you'll see anything massive. I don't think that they're going to be – that relevant, they may improve by one or two games to the depth better. Now they have to play Iowa. Iowa's going to be better this season yep. than they were last. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I was looking at Iowa. They had a really crappy season, but they ended up eight and five. That's not a bad season for Iowa. I, th- I think out of those uh, eight wins, three of them were because the defense and special teams scored more than the offense. That is true, yeah. <laughs> no, so, not kidding. Their defense was lights out. They only averaged like 17 points a game. Yeah, I mean, just horrendous. You can't go downhill from that. Yeah, uh, on offense, they have to get better. Defense still looks strong. So that might be a team that can contend in the West. Um, Wisconsin might have a fight from them. But I think Wisconsin plays either Michigan or Penn State. I can't remember which. Uh, sometime in the season. That's the only ranked team that they're playing, basically, going into the season. I, think. I mean, that, that's going to be the toughest challenge they're going to have. Um, Luke Pickle has an easy schedule, let's just say that. So he can go in there and get, that, get those seven wins. Who knows? But yes. we'll move on to Coach Prime because that is the most hyped hire I've ever seen to a to a third rate a third rate school in my opinion. I yeah, mean, no, Colorado no. has been good in the past, right? But 1994. Yeah, it's been a long time, <laughs> exactly. I, I but guess. this is a this is a university that, that literally no one talks about. It's the easiest win on everyone's schedule every single season, basically, Mark. and. Coach Prime goes in there. They can't even afford the guy. They pay him all this money to recruit all these people. He did have a good recruiting class. Do they make an impact in the season? Mark Slayback of ESPN says that TCU is going to hang half a hundred on him on the opener on September 2nd. And wow. you know what? I wouldn't be surprised. And Nebraska goes That'll in there week happy. two, and they'll be playing. And I don't think that they're going to be able to beat Nebraska either. Yep. That's my opinion, but I, I also think because of all the smack talk, the the, uh, the neon Dion um, charade that he's been doing ever since he's gotten this job, and even the attitude that he's had with the, with the players and, and how he treated players that were there, uh, they they had I think of a roster of 60, 50 of them were either told to leave or left after he got the job. Yep. So you're talking about rebuilding an entire program yep. and trying to initiate a program that 
uh, and I've, I've said it before, no offense to uh, HBSU universities, but it's a it's not on the same status of, of, of uh, Division One uh, football. So I think Prime's going to have some lessons learned. Uh, I think that it's going to be a better team by the end of the season, but when you're rebuilding from scratch and trying to build a program and put 50-plus players together for the first time on the field, wouldn't surprise me if TCU hangs half a hundred, if not more. Uh, and I also think that because of the way that Neon Deanna is, that all the coaches, I bet you all they do is play clips of, of Deion Sanders uh, talking smack and saying, let's be the team that goes in there. So he's going to have that target on his shoulders no matter what his record is. Uh, it's it's kind of like you know everybody puts on their best game for the number one team. This is going to be a lot of teams' number one team to go after to make sure that um, they don't lose to Deion Sanders. And they, they play or- – after they face TCU and Nebraska, they play Oregon, USC, Oregon State, and Utah. Well, Oregon, USC, and Utah, he should he should be a little concerned about. Well, of course, he's going to be majorly concerned about those. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's going to be majorly concerned about those colleges and yeah, playing, said USC. playing those schools. But I mean, all those all those universities, they assume that they're going to win against Colorado. That's that's gonna be the status quo. They have Colorado like three and a half wins this season. Who's your daddy? I want you to get your say about this. I, I just I think it's gonna be a struggle if you can put that for the whole season for for uh, Colorado. I, I just think it could be seventy three to seven the first game. Lay it lay half a hundred. I mean that, I think these teams will just run it up on them because of of Neon Dion and things he's done in the past. I mean what coach college basketball or college football ridicules his players for not fighting yeah. in a team scrimmage. He ridiculed the other players not jumping in and fighting. I mean, what are we teaching here? Yeah. I just I, I think that the expectations are super high and I would hate to be a coach that like like we just said about Matt Rule, right? If he goes to a bowl game that that's a win. Yep. And people are thinking Deion Sanders is going to go undefeated. Like, I've heard, I mean, not, no one, no real commentator would say that. But yeah. there's people in their mind when he got that job, they're like, oh, Colorado's relevant now. You don't become relevant just because of your coach. He and might be in two or three years. If he, if he wins four games this year and he win, and he gets bowl eligible in his second year, he'll, he'll be, he'll, he'll start doing something. He and, does attract some players. And, and what father is going to say no to Mia, to Deion Sanders coming down to their house, you know? Hey, I'm going to come down and see your son. He's a five-star quarterback. It depends. It's Hugh Freeze and, and, Matt, uh, and Matt Rule coming to your house, too. Yeah, let's move on to Hugh Freeze then. That's a good transition. Oh. You've been taking notes on this, Chief. They're called Rookie DC. Good job. So, Hugh Freeze. Up-and-coming quarterback in the SEC at one point. Screwed up, made some mistakes. What was it, recruiting or some crap? Oh, taking people to strip clubs is what it was. Is that all it was? I think there was a little bit more than that. We're going to keep it. A little more than a strip club. We're going to keep it kid-friendly, but he had a burner phone that had um, specific types of uh, industry, the oldest industry in in the world, on his phone for his players. Yes. So he... He went to a Christian school to make sure that he cleanses his sins, went to Liberty, right? Came back, had some good seasons there, came back to the SEC, now he's at Auburn. What's going to happen, Chief? Well, first of all, 
when he went to Arkansas State, he won 10 games in his only season there. He won. Uh, he took Liberty uh, to eight wins. And um, Liberty, though. Liberty. Yeah, they be, Liberty ended up being ranked at one point yeah. last season. Yeah. And multiple times. He said, yeah. he's been he has been a coach in the FBS for 10 seasons, only one of them losing. I think he's going to go into Auburn. I mean, Auburn, Auburn's Auburn. He's going to go in there and whatever, if they were a 5 and 17, he's going to take them to 7 and 5. He's. He, Can they beat Alabama? That's. That if he be, I don't think he, they can. But if they do, he's he's going to have a, a breakout recruiting year for the following season. And there's enough question marks on the Alabama team that if they have a shaky first half of the season, there might be a chance. This is his chance to do it to make a mark. But I mean, if they beat Alabama, that's a win for him. He, he just got a five-star recruit to be committed from Alabama to Auburn. I think in time they're going to be a, a force. And he, he calls himself the practice jerk. He says perfect practice makes perfect. He he pushes them hard in practice, like maybe harder than anybody else. What do you think, Brewster? You know, back when I was in the army, we had what we called field soldiers. These were guys that, when they were out in the field, or you know, uh, it, it, when when there was trouble, they worked hard. They were they were the best at what they did. Um, and they, they did amazing things for their unit when they were out in the field. But when they got back home, they'd go out to the bars, they'd get in bar fights, uh, they'd get arrested all the time. You'd have to be waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning to go pick them up, and then you'd have to be in front of the CEO the next day. Hugh Freeze is a damn, uh, uh, he's, a, he's, he's a field coach. Uh, he, he's a field soldier. Because the guy gets stuff done. There's no doubt about it. It's just a question mark of, is he going to get it done in the right way? If you look at what he did, what was it at Old Miss when he was there? He, he kind of made Old Miss relevant, relevant again, to be honest. He did, with you, yeah. You know? was so, that 2012 ish? So, yeah, so when, yeah. When, when all that happened, I think most of the SEC co coaches were happy with that because uh, Old Miss was, was coming up pretty quick. So uh, it's kind of ironic that uh, it only took a couple of years for him to come back to the SEC. Uh, I, I don't doubt his ability to put a team on the field. I doubt his ability to do it cleanly. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I think that he's washed of his sins. He went to Liberty. We'll see what happens. He was baptized. <laughs> I mean, that, the whole nine yards. I'm man. not going to say. I, I, I do think that people can change, uh, uh, but uh, I'm interested to see if he's able to sustain it once the pressure hits. Uh, Liberty is one thing. You can take three, and, uh, two and three star recruits and make a good team in the league that he was playing in, and he did that. Got a couple studs in there. Now you're talking about, again, you're in the big leagues again, you're in SEC. Auburn's been mediocre the last couple of years. I think he's good. I think he's going to do better than 7-5. I think they're going to be more than 8-14. This Old year? Miss, yes. Ole Miss There's was 2-10 no and 10 the season before Hugh Freeze was the coach. His first season there, they were 7-6. and 2-10 and 10 to 7-6. and six. I think Hugh Freeze is going to be an eight, SEC eight, force to be eight reckoned Eight and four at Auburn this year. Well, I, nowadays. I agree with that. Nowadays, you don't need a burner phone with some prostitutes' pick names on them, right? <laughs> what you have is NIL money. <laughs> or you have a burner get, phone. Get yourself a darn assistant coach. Like you have duh. a burner phone. <laughs> you have a burner phone that has the phone number of the local Chevy dealer on there that's going to give you a Cadillac sure. and pay you some money to play. No, I mean, it, it, it's certainly the land that we're going to talk about NIL later. 
uh, on whether or not it's good or bad. There's going to be plenty of money in Auburn. Uh, they got a, a, a huge, huge fan base and a huge, huge alumni base. So uh, I, have, I have no doubt that the money is not going to be an issue there. Uh, I, I will say that why are they pulling five-star recruits out of Alabama? It's because you're guaranteed to play at Auburn as a five-star recruit. Alabama, you're guaranteed to sit on the bench for a year probably. Yeah. So um, speaking of teams that maybe don't have a humongous fan base and probably don't have a lot of money for their program, and it shows because they did not go search for a quarter or for a new coach, and that's Brent Key over at Georgia Tech. This is the interim coach of last season after they fired their coach and they just decided to hire the guy. Why would they do that? Is that a mistake at Georgia Tech? Is this a t- is this just a program that's irrelevant anyway? More or less. Now, should we even be talking about them on Guys the Bar talking sports? So Brent Key, not well, long. They, only because they took, they played big <laughs> team. He 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 took them four and four. Last season, which was their first non-losing season yep. in four years, his goal again is his goal is like Matt Rules. Can I get six wins and get to a bowl? Yeah, and that okay. That's, there you go. Um, finally, but, but he's got, got more. He's got a hard way to get there. First of all, who's his in-state rival? Georgia, which his that impacts his recruiting. Number one. Number two, he's got to face Clemson, Georgia, and Mississippi State as a. Typically, bottom dweller ACC school. Yeah. So we've already spent too much time on a, on a, on a program that is not impactful. Okay. So um, that being said, this is a program that invested a lot of money into a coach who sadly passed away last year, and that's going to be Mississippi State. But Zach Arnett was the defensive coordinator, yep. and now they made him the head coach. Why would Mississippi State? I mean. Is Zach Arnett really that big of a name? Is that somebody that's going to create a program that's going to win? Or is this just a mistake that they're not going to get somebody like Mike Leach back? But he also brought in the offensive coordinator from App State, too. So he's okay. trying to redo the, the program. So Leach had his eye on one way to play and one way only. So Zach is doing something a little bit broader. Okay. With the running they're still going to be they're still going to be heavy in the past because they have yeah. their quarterback to do it. Well, yes. Well, right. they got Will Rogers is their quarterback, but they also brought in um, Mike Wright. He's a transfer from Vanderbilt. Okay. So the question is, is he a much better quarterback than Vanderbilt, and that's why he transferred, or is this just going to give him a backup quarterback who can take some snaps? I don't know. I think that Mississippi State has the potential to do a lot this season, but I don't think that they are going to just because of the coaching. But you never know. From my understanding, the plan is – wow, it got really loud in here. Hey, just like my kids say, say to me all the time, this place just got lit. This place mm-hmm. did just get Th- lit. Teresa went from one side Holy of the bar to the other. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah. All right. That's what we, get. That's what we got. All right. Second-year coaches. We're going to go into the second-year coaches because Brian Kelly made a freaking impact last season. Absolutely. Winning the the SEC West, first year as a coach. Most people say first-year coach is good if you got him at 6-6, right? Yeah. As long as you're bowl eligible. Brian Kelly did something at that program. And... uh, what do y'all think? Did, was he an A or an F for them? And what are his expectations this season? He's definitely an A. 
today, and I think he's a nine or ten win, if not already all the way to the playoffs. Do they win the SEC? Uh, we won't get into that. I'll, I'll say this. You'll say this, Rooster. <clears throat> what is the last SEC West team to beat uh, uh, Alabama two years in a row? I don't know. <laughs> Me neither. I was just tossing it out there because I don't think it's happened in the last 20 years. Okay, That's so, true. So I think he's got his task ahead of him. I still can't get that big southern accent out of my mind from Brian Kelly. From, oh, from, yeah. Okay, So I'm yeah. judging the guy based on that one. He, I think he was a phony. I think he is a phony. I don't think he's going to be better than 10 and 2. You think he's a phony? Don't think because he's going to be better than 10 again, and 2. Is really yeah, good. Now, now, 80% of the teams in the country would be happy with 10 and 2, but this is the SEC. 10 and 2 doesn't get you in the playoffs. So he was nicely buttoned up over there at Notre Dame. He always wore a tie, very professional, very proper. He's down at LSU. He's wearing board shorts and board shorts and flip flops sometimes, you know, like just like not. Well, the it's same. hot as hell down. Not only that, but it, if, you're, if you've ever been down there, that's the environment. I think he's trying to adapt and, and adopt the environment, which and, and fit in, which is why he had the fake Southern accent when he when he did his first uh, darn uh, meeting, uh, his first presser, and uh, hey. Put him I put on a fake southern. Come back and coach, and they can play in the Eagle Bowl. I do think that he's in his element down there. I don't feel like he's being fake. I think that I don't know. I don't like LSU. They're always a team that plays Florida, right? But I'm a little bit jealous that they ended up getting Brian Kelly because he's a good coach. But he's not going to be around too long because he's, he's an older guy, right? He's like 70. I'm not sure he's that old. I think he's in his mid-60s. But oh, okay. again, Yeah, I mean, that gives you 20 good years. If you're <laughs> I mean, coaches stay around forever, right? What's so. saving? 72 this year? Uh, yeah. But anyways, I, I just don't think um, that he's going to pull it off two years in a row. I think LSU snuck up on some people last year. Yeah. They're on the radar this year. People are circling them on their calendar. I think uh, ten and two is probably their their upside. Um, we'll see what happens. I think last year helped their recruiting. Yep. So oh, yeah, for real. Win, winning always helps your recruiting. So here's a team that recruited last year pretty well. Actually, stole people from the transfer portal from the team that he left over in Oklahoma. Uh-huh. And we're gonna let my lady Tinks. <laughs> Who is that coach? USC Lincoln Riley. So grade him on last season because this is a program that was irrelevant the year before. Oh, it's definitely an A. I mean, he he brought himself a a quarterback who got himself a Heisman. So, um, and they didn't have a lot of significant loss over the last year. So they're coming back ready to go. Their guns are fully loaded and ready to shoot. And um, yeah, they they are ready to roll. I yeah, think. they finished with only three losses last year, and two of them were exactly like one play away from actually winning. So they could have had those those two losses actually be wins. And so, I, I think he's going to come out guns a blazing. He's going to do wonderfully in his division and then some. The only challenge I see to this uh, is that. There's a couple of teams in the Pac-12 that can compete with them. Yes. Oregon, Washington, Utah, uh-huh. right? Those are three teams that, while they're not in the same level as some of the teams out east, yeah. let's, let's be honest, right? Right. These are teams that can compete. The Pac-what? Yeah, the, the Pac that's going to be gone in a couple, in a, you know, by two years from now, they'll be, they'll be a thing of the past. So what are your thoughts on the USC 
what do you think about um, Lincoln Riley and his grade for the season last year? And will, what is his expectations this year? Again, uh, for me, we, we, we talked about it. League week. Uh, week, week league, I, um, uh, that's the bourbon talking. Week league, um, I, I think uh, they're going to be at the top of the Pac-12. Uh, I mean, that, that's the bottom line. Um, that may earn them a right to the playoff. They're going to be a first-round loser in the playoff. Uh, so I don't think they're there yet. Uh, as far as his grade, I mean, obviously, to Cheek's point, uh, I think it's an A as a first-year coach. I mean, we've already talked about it. If you're, if you're a bowl-eligible team in your first year as a coach, you're doing good. Um, so I think um, he w- he was an A. I, th- I think several of the coaches that we're actually talking about probably A's and B pluses for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, again, uh, when when we are talking when they play a bigger school and they still had that one seemingly uh, mistake game where they lose that they shouldn't lose. So yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see if they can win the games that they're supposed to win in order to be the top. Uh, I think they're 11 and one by the end of the season. Who's your daddy? You are. I mean, I'm sure you hold the Pac-12 dearly in your heart, being an Ohio State fan, having to go out to the Rose Bowl on a regular basis. Oh, yeah, so really. what do you think remember, about this USC remember, team? Remember last year at one point in time we talked about USC was ranked like 12th or something, whether it was preseason. Yeah. And we said it wasn't USC, it was Lincoln Riley. It was, was yeah, we said that about that and, game. And, uh, that, because that ranking, yeah. he is a, he's done a great job recruiting oh, yeah. people and bringing them in. I just don't know if they're – now, in that conference, whether they're going to be the cream of the crop or, or take a step forward, I don't look for them to get in the playoff. They're going to be extremely – I mean, it's going to be extremely hard for them to play against Oregon and win. That's going to be a good team this and year. And Utah is going to be a major challenge. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that last year. Yes. So, um, one team – that has a little bit of a relationship to USC since the coach came from there, and that is Oklahoma. Brent Venables came as the defensive coordinator over at Clemson. Probably what we always thought, I looked at him, I thought he was the best defensive coordinator in the country, probably one of the best defense coordinators ever. And then he goes to Oklahoma, and they were like 132nd in overall defense last year. What fell apart there? Did he meet expectations coming in? And what are his expectations this season well, to be relevant and not have the fans calling for his head? So this is Oklahoma's last year in the Big 12, correct? That is correct. So you got last year you had a new coach on a team that's changing conferences. I think it's a perfect storm. He didn't have time to do the recruiting. And he had a lot of defectors. Yeah. Yeah. And Lincoln Riley just yeah. coached that team. Yeah. And he took a lot of, of the good players. Oh, yeah. So the, que- the, the question is, is his recruiting class going to bring him back or not? What are your thoughts on that, Ruth? <clears throat> we have to change our mindset on if you're a good D.C., when you move to head coaching, you're going to have good defense. The bottom line is, as a head coach, your job is to manage your coordinators, okay? You're the head coach. You're going to set the, the direction. You're going to set your expectations. And then you have other people execute. So with all those factors that we just talked about, you know, he was playing uh, plenty of freshmen, sophomores, underclassmen, all that kind of good stuff. The thing that I saw toward the end of the season was a team that had fight. That means it's good head coaching. That means he's starting to build a program that believes. Okay, yeah. We know that he's a good coach. We know that when he's on the sidelines and he's staring – 
I, I get a little scared when I if I look at a, a film from three and four I years do, ago yeah. when he's staring at somebody on the field. It's like, whoa, that's intensity. Like he's got it. So he needs he to have the right players in place. He needs to be able to teach his coordinators, because that's part of it, of what his expectations are in order to, to feel the team. I have no doubts that maybe this year, I, I think I think uh, Oklahoma's going to have a winning schedule this year. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be better than uh, seven and five, eight and four. Uh, that's where I've got them right now. Hanging six, six, seven yeah. and five. So it's somewhere in that range. But you, even when they come to the SEC, I think it actually helps him to recruit. Absolutely. And I think uh, there's been a ton of talent from Texas and Oklahoma in that Midwest range that has defected away now that they're in the SEC. I actually think it helps those teams. And a lot of people thought, well, why would they go? Well, because the Big 12 wasn't as relevant uh, as the SEC. So a lot of Texas players, which was a hot, is a hotbed for recruiting, we're going over to the SEC teams. Well, now you're in the SEC, kids. Stay. You're close to home. Got your big toy pants on. You better be ready to wear them next season. I think yeah. Oklahoma going to the SEC hurts Nebraska, hurts Kansas, hurts Missouri, even though Missouri's in the SEC, yeah. because Oklahoma has, has some... But don't forget, Texas is also going to the SEC, so you're kind of splitting yeah. that down the middle. Right, you it's are. It's still a massive rivalry, but... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a Venables believer. The guy is... Wow, look at you. Uh, and, and, I, and, and by the way, when he was at Clemson, I agree that he was uh, the best defensive coordinator in the country by far. By like, far. You know. yeah. But just keep in mind what the role of the head coach is. It's not to be the defensive coordinator slash head coach. It is to teach people how to be uh, the best in their coordination roles. Uh, people like Saban. People like... Um, uh, well, uh, Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart came up through saving for crying out loud. Yeah. You know, so good head coaches make good coordinators to make good coaches again. Yeah. So that's where Venables is right now. Again, we just talked about the things that he had going on. I believe that give, give him two to three years, I think Oklahoma's going to be relevant got, again. you got to have recruiting is by far number one. you got to have more filet mignon and get rid of the hamburger and bologna. There you go. To be a winning coach. So who's your daddy? Back when Marcus Freeman became the coach at Notre Dame, I don't know if you remember me saying this, but I said that was a dumb choice because he had no coaching experience really. He was like a year as like a as an offensive coordinator at Notre Dame at best, I, right? I agree, and I Be- think the reason some of these schools have named a coordinator or staff person, it'll help keep some of the players, players around? Together, oh, okay. yeah. And not exit out on the transfer port. Like, you know, look, look at Oklahoma. What happened there? Yeah. I mean, you can look at... And I, Brian like Kelly could have poached Jack, that whole team. Yes. And uh, I think by keeping Freeman there, they were able to keep kids intact. I don't know his youth and not ever being a head coach probably would affect him in close games. I don't know if he's going to be able to win the big game yet. For a team like Notre Dame, that was my biggest complaint is this is a school that has high expectations. This is a college that is going to be 9-3 and three every season, right? Um, and they're, they're making money. They, they have an amazing television contract yeah. on their own. They're, yeah. they're getting money from the ACC and the TV contract they got with NBC, I think it is, radio. Yeah. But he met expectations, exceeded expectations for me last year. And then my man Rooster here has them going into the top four this season. So 
What do you think about this Marcus Freeman guy, man? Look, so we, we, we kind of skipped over it about Mississippi State. They chose their defensive coordinator to bring him up. They did the same thing with Freeman. There is something to be said about bringing somebody up. Uh, and, and I'm going to use an example uh, that, that made a lot of uh, – uh, it's an NFL example. But you had a head coach over there at, at, at Panthers that was doing something different last year as the interim head coach. Uh, his name is me. He's a former Appalachian State uh, coach as well, so Pekin's probably going to yell at me for not remembering his name. But he started ground and pounding, and he started running 200, 300 yards worth of rushing on offense against the, the NFL, which you don't see that anymore. Yeah. And then they told him, no, go ahead and go. And then they bring in some schlephead that's going to be coaching the, the Panthers to a 4-10 and 10 season. I think that some of these uh, universities that are bringing some of their coordinators up when there's unexpected losses from the head coaching uh, ranks, and they've already got the players' trust, so you don't have mass exodus like you do in some of the other places when you're bringing on, on, on an outside guy. So you stabilize your program a little bit. You believe in them. You give them confidence. I think Freeman was my B-plus for last year. Did not quite, uh, in the beginning, had a couple of tough losses for Notre Dame. But, again, another program similar to Venables. As the season went on, that team started to believe a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. They were a good team by the end of the season. Yeah. And now they have a star quarterback. Yeah, they do. And they, 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 their, their, uh, their line is probably the only line outside of the SEC that competes with the SEC, to, to be honest with you, both on offense and defense. And that makes a difference. Because yeah. you look at Georgia, who's been bulldozing people at 320 pounds average per offensive lineman. Yep. But guess what? Notre Dame stacks up with those stats. Notre Dame offensive line averages about 312. Yeah. So. Having a great game. I'm, this is not the official part of the show where we go to it, but I'm going to start just calling it out in the middle of the show, and you better be on your toes. Okay. Be ready for your what the fuck, cheeks. What the fuck. So my what the fuck. You knew she was ready. She was the one that asked the question. <laughs> I was just doing that because I knew that you guys would not be ready. <laughs> I'm We're ready. preparing you guys. What the fuck? What the fuck, Chief? How about the Yankees losing nine straight for the first time in 41 years? What the fuck, Yankees? That's crazy. Yeah. It's a very short section of the show. You just say what you got. What the fuck, Cheeks? Mine but she is, always has like three. Mine is Lou Holtz. What the Cheeks hell, Cheeks always Lou has Holtz. three of them. So, no, I only have one assignment. Okay. Lou Holtz coming out with his own top 16. Everybody else comes out with 25. He comes out with 16. Georgia is not number one. Georgia's number five on his starting top 16. He's got Michigan number one. USC, University of Southern California, is number two. I think he might have hit his head. All right. Yeah. Well, here's what you don't know about Lou Holtz is uh, if you speak Lou Holtz language, Michigan actually means Georgia. Okay? <laughs> it just it's it's a little bit of a lisp and, and, and the, the tongue's getting bigger in his mouth. That's why he had to leave the his words up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So back to the coaching side of it, because we're gonna get off what the fuck for a minute, because this is a random occurrence that you say in the middle of the show, right? You can say it to me if you want to. I don't care. Like, I might say it to you twice. You might. I might say what the fuck twice, so you better be ready. All right, so Tom Garrett's listener question. Tom Garrett's asked, which first-year – and we were on the first-year coach things, right? Which first-year coach has the best record at the end of the season? And then the ones that we went through, Coach Prime, Luke Fickle, Hugh Freeze, Brent Key, and Zach Garnett – 
For me, it's definitely going to be Luke Fickle. Um, oh, then well. you got Matt Rule at Nebraska. But actually, I think Matt Rule is going to be the winningest coach at the end of the season. Of course, you, you, you always say that. Um, yeah. I'm always high on the horse for the Gators and Nebraska at the end of the season. I know you're such a homer. I, um, Luke Fickle. Mine's Zach. Zach Arnett's mine. Okay. Who's your daddy? I'll say Fickle, too, because of their schedule. Because of their schedule, and what do you think? Not so fast. I'll Not go so with fast. I'll go with Freeze. I said he's going to win eight games. I'm going to say he's going to win nine games. None of those other coaches are going to win nine games. Chopper would be proud. <laughs> and I'm a proud moment right well, now. I think our net's going to go at least nine. So. All right. Listener question number two. Did I have a number two? I yes, you do. All right. So say it for me. What is it, Cheeks? Oh uh, well, uh, Chief wanted to do it. Remember? Chief. Yeah. He give me a listener question number two. Okay, Bobby Wilkins asks, if we had relegation in college football, what D1 team or teams in Power 5 conferences should be relegated to the Group of Five or the FCS? Uh, oh, oh. You have a lot to say about this, so I'm going to let you take it away. Uh, it's not relevant. It won't happen here. Why? Because <laughs> it just doesn't. We, doesn't it's all about television revenue. Say it exactly how you said it earlier to me. And let my boy Bobby Wilkins know what you mean. So we're not, not going to see any schools moving down a conference because they have a losing season. We're not going to see any schools moving up. It's just the way it works. It's just the way it works. I agree. I agree. Good question, though. It's actually, yeah. I mean, that's how they do it in and, soccer over in the UK. And believe, actually, right? that would be kind of cool in pro sports if we did that here in the U.S. for certain things. Maybe he wants to write a little piece and we'll put it on the site. Yeah. Let's jump uh, Let's jump down to NIL. Oh, God. We're a year into NIL. Lots of things happening. Coaches are confused about it. Nick Saban's in Washington trying to pass laws based on NIL recently. What are y'all's thoughts on NIL? I know that my man Hoosier Daddy has a lot to say about this, so I'm going to let you take it from here, Hoosier Daddy. Thoughts? I just, I just think uh, you get to – it's unfair to begin with due to the fact that some conference – Universities are located in cities where the revenue is much greater, or the fan base is much greater from a revenue standpoint. So it's almost like a bidding war in this, you know, getting players to leave. And, and you wonder why a kid goes from Alabama, decommits, goes to Auburn. Well, it's a bidding war. You, you never know what goes on behind the scene. But I promise you, it's about the almighty dollar. <laughs> and, That's uh, true. It's, I don't know how now that they've got it to this position, how they're ever going to rein it back. They have to figure out some way to control the money. Well, they, I don't I mean, know. I haven't figured this out It went on before it ever come about. Yeah. It was just illegal. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. <laughs> and now it's, I mean, it's I remember, well, I remember a, the big talk back in Florida State days was that the car dealers around the area would pay for all the teams' car, all the players' cars. They give them a lease for four years or whatever on these vehicles. So it happened before, but now I mean, they, they like the NCAA would get so pissed off at Kentucky they put Western Carolina on three years probation for some minor violation. They did. Yeah, now, that's an extreme. Right, but, but because they couldn't find out what the big universities were doing. But here's the thing: if you look at if you look at the premier programs in D1, so you're talking SEC. You're talking Big Ten, a, a 
couple of schools from the what it the Pac-12, some big a few Big 12 schools, and maybe one or two ACC schools. When you look at it from that, there's only one starting quarterback on every team. There's a couple of backup quarterbacks. Each there's so many star running back positions, and so if you're a strong player, if you're a strong player, and you're not getting picked up at your first choice school, you're going to find a. So school. you're shopping around. Is yeah, you, you, yeah I mean, you want the most NIL, but you also want the school that's gonna to play for the school that's gonna get you to the next level. Yeah, for sure. I mean, who cares if you get? Who cares if Mississippi State pays more than anybody, but it's but you're on a team that's not going to get you visibility or potential NFL. And that, there's a lot of things that these players yeah. are taking into account. Rooster, you have got to say something about NIL. No, I, I you know, I'm actually just going to disagree with Chief a little bit. If you look at the NFL, uh, after your first five picks, you get schools from all over the country. So the scouts are out there. They're picking up people left and right. Well, well, that's what I'm saying, though. You still have to be on a team that can do something. Not necessarily. The Eagles picked up a rugby player from Australia. Yeah, if you're a freak athlete and you're going to stick out, there's going to be a scout that finds you. Right. So, so, I mean, bottom line is, is the NIL, the question is, is the NIL good for college football? And I'm going to actually say, no, it's not. No. Uh, uh, It's because of... We're creating just a, it's just a mini uh, D league, in my opinion, is what it turns into. You know, so there was a time where you took so pride a pretty in what big D league with 133 teams. Sure, but uh, back in the day, um, it was an honor to go to college for four years. Now we're teaching kids you don't go to college for four years anymore. Not football, you have to stay in for three, and that's only because they don't, so they don't get killed out there in the NFL. Um, yeah. You know, so you got a college education. You, you were one of, I don't know, uh, what, uh, less than a thousand people that had, uh, out, out of 133 schools, you got rosters. You're talking about you know, 60, 70,000 kids, or uh, even 6,700 kids. Only the top 1,000 1, maybe are going to get in the NFL. Even then, out of that, 600 or so are going to go to a practice team. What we're really talking about here is kids are, in their minds, are just sacrificing their bodies to play football, and they're getting injured and all that kind of good stuff. And they want to get paid. And that's all there is to it. And that's what this is all about. I think the NCAA incurred some of this on themselves by having too strict of rules. Yep, I agree so with that. Yeah. If, if the NCAA, did, I mean, I, I, I know kids right now that won't go play in the NCAA because they just don't, they just want to be able to live their life a little bit. Yeah. Now you're talking about if you're going to be in the, if there was, there still is that, if you're going to be in it, it's a full time job. Well, no, yeah. why not pay these kids? Yeah. So has, has the NAL been good? No, I don't think so. Could the NCAA had had prevented NIL by just saying, let's make sure that these kids do what they're supposed to do during season, and then for the rest of the time, they're 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 not on NCAA time. It's a bass backwards way of play, yeah. of paying these guys when they could have just paid them. Or they not even paid just just, just let them be kids. Because yeah. allowances are something. 100%. Like yeah. these are yeah. amateurs. Do not yeah. pay an amateur. But hang on, we're going to keep going on this just for a second because if you look at it, you have uh, lifting at 6 a.m. You have. Uh, breakfast, 7.30 a.m. It's a job. You have class, you have class, you have class, you have study hall, you have, you have dinner, you have practice. Like, it's a job. And that's a, and, and a stipend of some sort just so these kids could live. And, yeah. Yeah, and no doubt about it, there's a lot of kids that um, are, are, are those freak athletes that we're talking about that came from very little. 
Yeah. And now, you know, you, you tell them, go 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 buy your own lunch or whatever, they're, they're looking at you like, I don't I don't have the money to go buy my own lunch. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. I don't have my, you know, I can't buy some of this extra for Yeah, they stuff. can't even buy crab legs. I mean, jeez. Right. Like, Regardless, but if you're if you're stars for a SEC football team and you're you're reverting to stealing crab legs, not that that was that instance in what you're talking about, yeah. but, like, that's bull. Well, that's the problem. You can't buy a movie ticket. Right. I mean, so l- l- there, there should have been something that said, okay, we're going to allow these kids to do something. And it would have avoided all the things that we're talking about. Because now it's like, you know, the highest bidder is yeah. the one that, get, that gets to win. Yeah. And, I, and nobody likes that either because it's an amateur sport. That's right. The all NCAA right. created the problem. Moving. Yeah. we got to move on. we got 10 minutes left that we can record for. And this is what I'm going to ask right here. This is going to be a one team and a quick response. But which team is in the, not in the preseason top 25 that you think is going to be in there and climb for the next five weeks? Chief, do you have any thoughts on that? No. You don't? Okay. That was not on your list. Like, it was not on my list. I believe Who's Your Daddy asked this question to me. I have it. Okay. So, I wanted to know what sleeper team that you thought might be strong. I didn't say anything about Okay, sleeper team. Sleeper team, I got an answer. I don't have a sleeper team, but the question was, who's not in the top 25 that's that's going to climb up? That's going to climb up. But but I try to change it a little bit, I guess, then. So my my team that's not in the current uh, top 25 that is going to finish maybe in the top 15, I'll say top 17 right now, University of South Carolina Gamecocks. Yeah, baby, yeah, baby. All right. So here's mine. Did not expect that. Since I, I I kind of blew you guys off on a question that you guys that that screwed you all up, I guess. So I think it's gonna be the Kansas Jayhawks, and the reason why I say this is because they are returning 17 starters from a team that went five and zero to start the season that was ranked in the top. I think they were right in the top 15 at one point. Now, they did lose the next three or four games after that, which kind of fell apart. But this is a team that has potential to go 6-0, 7-0 right off the bat. And then they get into the hard part of their season. But that's going to put them in a position to get into that top 25 and then move their way up. And then they might fall back after that. So that's who I'm saying. And nobody would expect that, right? No, I didn't. So I was just looking it all up. Okay. So unfortunately, South Carolina is not going to be in the top 25 because my sleeper team is Drake May and the University of North Carolina. They're they're in the top 25. They're already in the top. They're going. They're the sleeper team who is going to be a powerhouse at the end of the season. And that's my last call. But they're not a sleeper. Your sleeper team. Who's your sleeper team? I don't have one. You don't have one. Who's your daddy? Your I was, sleeper team. I was team. thinking South Carolina as well. I've already, ever, South yeah. Carolina, okay. I think it's going to be Texas A&M is the sleeper team that no one's ex- – people are expecting it a little bit, but there's a team that had a crappy season last year. They're going to have a great season this I, year. They might be competing for the big or for the, for the SEC West. I think I, they're going to have a new head coach after the sixth game. All right. All right. Mine is Florida. No, I'm kidding. 
Um, Thank you. <laughs> we gotta right. say Florida at least once per. Right, and I'd be shocked you didn't that's say three, that. That's three times. Yeah, yeah Ray got so excited when Cheeks just said that. For us. Excuse me, Hanger got so excited when Cheeks just said that. I got them long. going ten and two. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, of course you do. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm clearly delusional. You had them undefeated last year, as a matter of fact. Yeah, right. and exactly. I'm clearly delusional. They're gonna lose exactly. two games this year. Yeah, they're only no, losing two. Really, they're, they're, they're first two. I really <laughs> think it's gonna be Mississippi State. Mississippi, that's a good choice because that's one of the teams on my list as well because they do have a lot of returning starters. They yeah. also have, but then again, the new coach thing really blows that up. Yeah, right. you lose the Mike Leach edge. I don't yes, care what anybody definitely says. lose the Mike Leach edge. So, thank you all for coming out. This was an extended show. We went about five to ten minutes longer than we normally do, but that's good because our listeners love listening to us talk, don't they? Yeah. All we'll, we'll see about the comments tomorrow. All, yeah. all, all 12 of the listeners love hearing us talk. So thank you all for coming out. Thank everyone for listening to Guys the Bar Talking Sports. Y'all know the name of the show. It's Guys at the Bar Talking Sports. And what do guys do when they talk sports at the bar? They drink beer. So if you want to buy us a beer, you can Venmo us. The Venmo is at Guys at the Bar Talking Sports.